Hello, everyone, and welcome to our PrepCast and our first episode for this year, COVID era admissions, when MBA research is 100% virtual. My name is Martina, and today we welcome our special guest, Dr. Don Martin. You know him. He is founder, founder and uh, CEO of Grad School Roadmap. He has over 28 years experience, served as admissions dean uh, of students and uh, of students in Columbia University, the University of Chicago, uh, and Northwestern University. He's going to tell you a little bit more about uh, his experience there. Um, he's going to give you uh, the best advices today. So stay till the end of this episode. Uh, you will hear the best advices and you will um, know how to make the perfect MBA research. So Don, it's a pleasure for me to have you today. Thank you uh, for taking your time to speak today and to be our first guest, actually. This is, um, yeah. This is very exciting, Martina. Thank you for inviting me. I am Thank delighted you. to have a chance to work with you in this capacity. It's been a pleasure working with the Advent Group, Access MBA, Unimai Prep. There's you do such an incredibly. I know, you didn't ask me to say this. This is not this is not something that it was on any sort of a script. But I just want to let you know that I think you and your team are doing a phenomenal job of helping prospective students. In this case, in particular, prospective MBA students and. So with my background at Chicago Booth I, I'm, and my work with Grad School Roadmap, I'm delighted to be part of this uh, conversation with you today. Thank you. Thank you so much for these words. Um, now everything is going online because of COVID era yes. and the research may seem a little bit harder for our prospective students. So could you please share with us first uh, what should be the first steps when they're making an online MBA research? Well, actually, in some ways, Martina, this new era, as you so adequately said, could prove advantageous for prospective students because uh, they are very, very adept with online interaction and research and with doing for instance, internet searches on their browser. So this idea of taking the first step toward earning an MBA by doing adequate research online is, I think, a very, very good thing and is actually going to perhaps help students to expand some of the options that they might otherwise not have thought about. So with that as a background, the first step in my opinion, and I, I believe that over the years, this has been very true and has, has been proven with, with many thousands of prospective students all over the world, is take some time to do a broad research of if it's an MBA that you seek, if it is in the United States, if it is perhaps in the US, but also Canada or Europe or Asia or Latin America, wherever it is that you are thinking about studying 
to earn your MBA, make sure that you do a very thorough search as your first step. And in my opinion, I think you should end up with at least 25 initial options. Not These are not the schools, you're, obviously you're not going to apply to 25, most people do not apply to 25 MBA programs, but to start off with, what you don't want is a list of two programs, for instance, when there are so many phenomenal MBA programs out there. So the first step is to do your online research very, very well. And uh, if I may, just as an aside, create a spreadsheet and list those options in alphabetical order first, with however you do it, across the top, on the left side of the spreadsheet, however. And then you should have some qualifications, some components, some criteria, some distinguishing factors that you're looking for in your MBA program that you can compare with all of those options. And then you narrow it down to the list of five or 10 or 15 that you're going to look a little more closely at. So that's a long answer to this, but it's a very good question. The first and most important step, do your research. Don't limit yourself to just one or two programs. Spread the net wide. That would be my that would be my suggestion for this for this very important question that you asked. Great. Uh, this is something like a homework. Sounds like yes. a homework that uh, yes. it should be but done it before. Pays off. It pays off in huge dividends because oftentimes applicants find things out about certain programs they never they never knew about before. And it could all yes. open up a door for someone to apply to a, a program they never thought about. So yes, it is homework. That's that's another another phrase I use is due diligence. You're doing you're doing your background research just like you do with any other major decision that you make. Absolutely. Um, and how does uh, accreditation of an online MBA program matter? Actually, could you in my opinion? Explain? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, typically, online educational programs must meet certain requirements, criteria in order for them to be able to offer a degree that is recognized, that is valid. And so all of that to say, the accreditation process for an online program is equally important as it is for a in-person program. There's, this is very important. There are accrediting bodies that set requirements so that, that degree programs, degree granting institutions are in effect offering educational programs that meet a certain level or standard across the board. And if a program is not accredited, uh, typically that could mean that they fell short in something. We don't, we don't always know what that is. I don't know that that information is largely made public. But to be able to indicate that you, are, uh, you have a program that has been accredited uh, is, is, or is part of an institution that has been accredited is, is very, very important. 
Great, thank you for uh, this explanation. Um, a lot of uh, prospective students uh, have uh, that concerning that um, when the education is online, um, they cannot study effectively or they are not going to be enough uh, productive. So could you please uh, share with us um, what will they learn in an online MBA program and how will the MBA classes apply to their career? Uh, this Great. is the two of the most uh, que most uh, um, asked questions, actually. Yes, that's well, I'm so glad that you asked me these and I hope what I'll say is um, that I, in my response will be encouraging to those who are going to be listening to this conversation that we're having. In my experience, Martina, and as a, uh, as a student myself, as a former graduate student myself, learning what, whether you are in class, in a classroom, in a physical classroom, or whether you happen to be in a virtual classroom with a group of your classmates with you, you're all on there together and the professor's there, there is becoming less and less of a difference in the way that class is presented. The only difference is that you are not physically sitting in the classroom. Other than that, that professor is the same, the material is the same, the presentation is going to be the same, and you have fellow students with you who will be able to contribute during the class. Granted, it will be doing that virtually, but it's not as though you're sitting there in a vacuum just by yourself and you can't respond, you can't do anything, you just have to listen and nobody can interact with anybody. That is not the case. These classes are extremely interactive. And then what happens is oftentimes I've learned that students are assigned a team project as part of their class requirements. So they must work together again, perhaps virtually, but there's a lot that the interaction is still there. It's just not as though we're sitting across from one another but the interaction is there. And in my opinion, and this is borne out by the comments and evaluations now of thousands of MBA students who, who've graduated from an online MBA program and believe they got everything they hoped for and more from that educational experience. Their career, uh, to the second part of your question, how, how can an online MBA program really help to prepare me for my career? Absolutely, absolutely. There, there, there is still a career services component to an online MBA program. There are staff trained professionals in career development who are there to help you navigate your process of job search or continuing to grow in the particular profession you're in already, if you're not seeking to make a change. That is also there. 
So uh, now that online education is as established as it is, I do not honestly believe that the quality is any different. It almost becomes perhaps a matter of what someone themselves prefers. Would they prefer an in-class type of situation in person or would they prefer virtual? And either way, in my opinion, the outcome, the benefits of the educational experience and the benefits to your career are absolutely the same. There is really, at this point in time, if you had asked me this 25 years ago, I might've had a different response. But now, basically, these options are both very, very good options, in person or online. Great, Don. Thank you so much for um, uh, for this uh, answer. Uh, we have spoken uh, about rankings plenty of times with you. You have shared with yes. us uh, uh, so um, insightful information about rankings. So now, could you please uh, share? Uh, do online MBA rankings actually matter? Well, <laughs> yes and no. Uh, I, I'm going to probably uh, <laughs> give a double answer here. Yes, yeah, they, okay. they, they may matter in term, if, if the ranking is based on student feedback alone, if, if all the rankings are based on is what do recent students say about this program and what it, what it was like and what it did for them. If that's the ranking, that could be of some value for students. Obviously, when, when you buy a new car, there are, there are folks out there doing research on what folks think of a particular car. And if over time that car keeps getting bad reviews, well, that's going to affect the sales of that particular automobile. Well, if, if the beneficiaries of an, M, an online MBA program, that being their alumni, are consistently unhappy with that program, and it, it's not their overall, they're, they're, let's say uh, on a grading scale of A, B, C, or D, that particular online MBA program by its former students or current students is ranked a C, that would be of interest to me. Beyond that, beyond that, I don't believe rankings are very useful. I don't believe they tell the whole story. I don't, I believe they're often put together to sell magazines or journals or newspapers or something to that effect. Their methodology is often uh, uh, not what it should be. It, it's not the best methodology. And I, I will say, as I've said, as you know, Martina, I, it's hard for me to justify in the United States alone, there are over 800 MBA programs. And my question is, you mean to tell me there are only 10 that are worthwhile? That's ridiculous. There are 800 accredited MBA programs in the United States. And I believe these rankings do a great disservice to those that are not always put in the top 10 or 15 but who that are absolutely wonderful MBA programs. So if the ranking is only based on 
what students have to say about the program, I do believe that's worthwhile. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for this uh, answer. Um, sure. A lot of our listeners um, are concerned uh, because of the network they're going to build when they're on campus, actually. Um, so how, how to build a successful network when my education is online is one of the uh, most asked questions, actually. Um, from our prospective students. So could you please give some advices? Sure. To all of them, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I understand that networking is critical, important, valuable, necessary. It, it does need to happen. Once again, over time, as the, no, I'm not, no pun intended here, as the advent <laughs> of, uh, online education has evolved, the issue of online or the matter of online networking has evolved also. And just as there may have been, there used to have been um, maybe student organizations that might meet together on campus during the academic term, now there are online student organizations that get together virtually and meet. Now, once again, that, I mean, that means you can't sit down and have a drink with somebody or, or, you know, have a lunch with them necessarily, but the interaction is still available and still promoted amongst students, with students and alumni, with students and the career services folks, with students and potential employers. All of this is still there. There, there, there is very much a focus, obviously, because networking is such a, someone said, this is not me, this is not original with me, but someone said, I wish I knew who, that business is all about relationships. And it is, it, that, it is about networking. That is very important. But you can network online and via email and WhatsApp and Skype and Zoom and <laughs> they keep adding new ones all the time. Uh, you can network that way too, very successfully, I might add. As, a, as an aside, most of the work I have done in the past 14 years with building grad school roadmap has been virtual or via email or phone conversations, or it has not been in person at all. But my network has grown dramatically during that time and continues to do so with things like LinkedIn, with things, you know, there's so many opportunities. It's, it's, so it's not that you are um, prevented from networking. It's that you are networking in a bit of a different way with the same outcome, with the same outcome of continuing to build contacts and professional acquaintances and develop friendships with some of those you work with. That is still absolutely possible and has really grown as online education has become more an accepted way of pursuing educational goals and professional goals. 
Great. And um, do you know how the university or business school uh, support the education or the career of the students that are um, that which education is entirely online? Uh, great question. Yes. The, the best way to I, I mean, I, I this is going to sound so uh, general that it may not be helpful to our audience. Absolutely. Every institution is committed to the educational success of their students, and then some. That is a given. But in order to find out specifically how an institution invests in the education and the, the, the tremendous experience of their students, my suggestion is back to that spreadsheet that we talked about at the beginning of the conversation. When you have created the spreadsheet with the 20 or 25 business schools you're thinking about initially, one of the things I would think you would want to do some research on is that question. Whether it's on their website, whether you send an email address to the admissions email uh, that they have available for prospective students, whether you reach out to alumni or current students, that's a question you need to ask about each individual business school. What do you do to enhance my student experience, my career search, and my alumni experience once I graduate? Those are three questions I believe you would want to ask every single one of the institutions you're thinking about. And, but the, the, the overall answer, Martina, is absolutely that they, these institutions invest quite a bit of time, energy, human capital, financial capital resources to, because if they don't, then what did I say earlier? What if they end up getting a grade of C from everybody that goes there? Their, their reputation is going to suffer and they're not going to be able to attract students. So they have a vested interest in making sure that they provide the best opportunities possible for their students both inside and outside of the classroom. Great, thank you so much. Um, actually, um, these days there are many options in program structure, length, content, and cost, even online programs. Yes. So as a, as a final words, uh, could you give some um, advices or some first steps that every prospective student should take um, in order to uh, make the perfect research or to choose yes. the, the right program, actually. That, oh. That's, the, that's the, the plan. <laughs> Absolutely. I will ha be happy to talk about that. Uh, before, before you, I'm now going to address my response, Martina, directly to those who may be listening to this uh, conversation. So those of, of prospective students, that MBA students that are listening to this conversation. First of all, you can do this. Whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever your circumstances, you can earn a, a if I can do it, anybody can. <laughs> and I've earned two graduate degrees, a master's and a PhD. And if I can do it, you can do it. And I applaud you for thinking about furthering your educational goals and experiences. Before you start to do that research that is so important that I recommended at the beginning of our conversation today, 
I would suggest taking some time to actually write down what am I looking for in my MBA program? What are the five or six, whatever, 10 things I most want to achieve when I earn my MBA? Is it I want to, I want to learn more about the field of finance, economics, accounting, marketing, international business, organizational behavior, strategy, entrepreneurship, whatever. I want to, I hope that's one of the things, most of all, that you want to learn more, but that would be one. I want to learn, uh, maybe what kind of faculty are you looking for? What kind, are they, are they open to wanting to speak with you or, you know, do they treat you like you're an interruption? How do you, are, are, what kind of faculty do you want? Um, are there certain, is there a certain type of curriculum that would be of most interest to you? Uh, whatever it is, what are you most looking to accomplish with that program? Those things should be, not that they're set in cement and that you can't change them as you go along, but there should be some things that you're starting off with. Uh, career advancement, maybe that's another one. The opportunity to get promoted within your company, the opportunity to make a career change, what, whatever the, what are the most important things? Why are you doing this? I hope that the, the number one reason will not be for the money. That's the worst reason to pursue. Yes, if you earn a graduate degree, you can pretty much rest assured your salary potential will increase. Yes, but there are a lot of unhappy people out there making a lot of money and they're miserable. So I hope that's not on your list. But otherwise... What, what do you really want to accomplish? Then, once you've established that, then you start doing your research and do those options measure up to all of those things you're looking for. And if they don't, cross them off the list. That's what this is about. So that would be my, my best advice as you at the very start of this process. Great. Don, thank you so much. Huge thank you for uh, for this insightful information. Martina, if I may just say one other thing, uh, I know your, your audiences know about me and, and hope maybe some of those listening today have already participated in some of the webinars I've done. Uh, I will be doing more this year, thanks to the good graces of Unimai Prep and uh, the team there. But I also just want to say to your audience, I'm always available uh, if they would like to reach out to me uh, via email, uh, they can go to my website, gradschoolroadmap.com. And please don't be a stranger if there's anything I can ever do to help. Great. Thank you so much. One more time for being our first guest for this year. My uh, pleasure. To everyone who listened today, uh, stay tuned for more because next time Dr. Martin will uh, speak about how to choose the right business school. So if you're still wondering, follow us um, in all of our social medias and uh, you will uh, know uh, when will be the next uh, episode uploaded and uh, you can see all of the events and webinars uh, that he's going to, um, he will uh, have with us. So stay tuned for more and see you next time. Bye-bye.